Hey guys, welcome to episode 277 of the podcast with my guest, Kimmy Robertson. Uh, it was so bewitching and magical and wonderful and strange to um, get to spend some time with Kimmy. Uh, I, of course, was a huge Twin Peaks fan when I was a teen and uh, anticipated the reboot uh, with great excitement and it was such a pleasure and an honor to get a chance to um, become pals with Kimmy as we did our Twin Peaks uh, tribute at Sketchfest this year. Um, I just, it's funny because we sort of talked about the idea of wanting to see the world and experience the world through someone else's eyes on uh, in the mash game in this mash game and others I've done and that's sort of how I feel about Kimmy it's like I'd like to experience the world through uh, her eyes for a day anyway uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode Joseph Fona thank you for our uh, fun back and forth um, about current events and uh, I'm sure there's stuff I'm forgetting but right now I invite you to enjoy this episode now entering nerdist.com this is the first time I'm kind of sorry that I don't have a standing mic because you could have been my first guest who was eating yogurt while we were recording. And then I told you that you couldn't, this is not a hands-free podcast. Oh, wow. So you had to get, you had to tuck it, tuck it in before. It's in my tummy. And you brought me one. Yeah. Did you bring me the same flavor? Delicious mango? I have to tell you about this Chobani Greek mango yogurt has been like for two years it's like what i eat i i don't know what happened but i just went okay i gotta get this and i never would have bought mango because i don't Uh actually (laughs) know what mango tastes like Uh (laughs) Like mango in the wild right is different than mango in the yogurt i've seen it in mexico and stuff but i'm not a foodie sadly but um so I tasted it and went, it made me feel so good. So now when people come to visit or at my house here or at the cabin, there's stacks of this yogurt. Uh-huh. And um, I've converted like everyone I know. This is going to be soon to be me. So I brought it I to do you. Like, I do feel like, I feel that I've had Chibani before. I don't have a problem with mango. I like it. I Like you, I'm not necessarily one who is go is gonna buy a mango yeah. and like peel the mango and eat that juicy mango uh <laughs> if it's like in a fruit salad or salsa. i won't avoid it it's also i've seen I can it go, i can get on board with this yeah i like a sweet hot i grew up in arizona and so much of the candy that i ate as a kid because the my schools were like in the barrio because it was like mag they were magnet schools public oh. magnet schools mm-hmm. and so there was just a proliferation of everything that was sweet and hot so it was all chili paste with tam- you know tamarind paste and sugar with you know lemons and salt right, and right. um where's your cabin by the way that does a bass complete lake where's bass lake right by yosemite oh, so just wow. to the right of san francisco yeah i've never been i don't think i've ever been to bass lake have you been to yosemite i've been to yosemite but i wouldn't i, I was young enough that i wasn't paying attention to what part of yosemite okay. i was in with my dad you know what i mean so this if you go big straight enough. up 
the middle of the state. You don't take the five. That kind of goes to the left. Straight up the 99. And you get to Fresno and turn right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you go. And just before you start going way up into the 4,000 feet, you turn right again. And there's Bass Lake. So it's just How big is it? And is it full of bass? Before Yosemite. Um, it is full of bass. Uh-huh. And it's four miles long. Okay. And what's interesting is they lower the lake. It's owned by Edison. They lo- There's a whole bunch of lakes up there. Edison Lake, Huntington Lake, Bass Lake that they use for hydroelectric power. <gasps> Hold on. Everything has just changed. I've been to that dam. I've been to the hydro. I've been to the power. Uh, really? I've been, to the, I've been to that because when I was at SF State, I was taking, uh, I had to take a, I had like, you know, required science courses. And there was a, a class called like nuclear energy and other energy options and i for some reason i was like you know what i should i well, this is the this is the science class i want to take and we went on a field trip up to that dam wow so uh, i have been to and toured that particular uh hydropower dam wow. so i was nearer i uh, probably nearer to you than i knew yeah it's beautiful up there yeah, i think about pretty, that all the time isn't it something i think there. about that all the time i was like this is like dare I say paradise because I also love mountains and lakes that's sort of trees and lakes is kind of my jam in terms of how I receive my water enjoyment yeah versus like a beat like a sandy beach I have I have a th- you want to hear my theory I do that verse the competition I believe that when you go to the mountains and the lakes and stuff your problems you forget about your problems when you go to the beach they go away the ocean removes the problem. Interesting. I'm not sure why, if it's the salt water, because that's very healing or what, but that's my theory. That's very interesting. Yeah. God, I you just, know what? I can't afford a beach house, so a lake house. I would, you know what? I, I, I truly would. Maybe I need to take that to heart and go to the beach more because if I had all the money in the world, I absolutely would spend it on a like lake house rather than a beach house, I think. Something about, I just like to. This is no mystery to anyone on this podcast, but um, I really like being surrounded and sort of tucked into things like the valleys and yeah, cubbies and I love hills and stuff. And there's something about getting out in front of that flat horizon. It's just like it's almost (laughs) too much for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's have you ever been to sea? I have. I've been on a cruise and I was really nervous about it. I really was. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do with this. I don't know how I'm going to do when everywhere I look is just the same and flat and ocean. Um, And I liked it. But I think I liked it because we were moving. So I still had the sort of the sound of the water kicking up and clouds help. Yes, But like a blue cloudless sky and then water. There's like a sensory deprivation thing that happens to me, I think, where I start to kind of. Interesting. Instead of connecting, instead of kind of letting that happen and being mm-hmm. meditative about it there's a fight or flight in me that's like i gotta go find something i can clamber on what can i scrabble around in what like what riverbed can i d- dig through I love that. <laughs> that's my second favorite word besides ensemble ensemble the but you, the best way to do it is ensemble yeah, just get well. Then you're get kind of getting rid of the rest out. of the yes. word. Yes. Um, are okay. So this is good to know that you ha- you'd have the cabin, but you would probably have a beach house if as well. You could. I as would well. Like to okay. Have both. Where are you from originally? L.A. 
Okay. I was born right near here. Oh, yeah? On Sunset. Born on Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would be very envious that they're like... That's why I said it. It feels like... <laughs> this is an envy-inducing podcast. It's really just about how envious we can make other people. So far, so good. Well, we got a beautiful cabin. cabin. Born on Sunset. Yeah, yeah. Do you have siblings? I have one sister. Okay. And what was your family, what was your relationship to the sort of Hollywood industry of it all? Because a lot of people think that's all that happens here. And of course, it's a a city that has many, many, many other things going on. Yes. Uh, Especially in my childhood, we grew up in Downey. uh, Well, first Southgate, then Downey. And those cities are seven miles south, east, south, that way. Mm -hmm. And um, no one... I knew ever came to Hollywood. So I would drag them because I was a dancer, so I took class here all the time. So I would drag them. Somehow I got involved with parties, and I have no idea how that happened. My jaw is squeaking. Oh. Can you hear my jaw? I can't hear it. Oh, well, my, my knees jacket. were making. <laughs> <laughs> This okay, so it's new, not your job. It's nothing we have to worry about. Fringe jacket. It's great. And, it's a great jacket. Uh, I got fireplace on it, but um, well, you got to break it in. I mean, yeah, you well, know, it's from I believe it's from the sixties or seventies. So it's new. There, it's in your new old job, jacket. At least we figured that out. I'm glad to hear it. I wish that I could blame anything on the squeak my knees was <laughs> ma- were making yesterday, but it was a thousand percent my knees. Really, a little Eek-er. when I was hiking <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. It's a little sad, but I anyway, forged Downey, on. I called it Dodge because it was like you were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like get out of Dodge. Zone. What? Uh, how, so you were, and when you say dancer, you mean ballet? Yes. How? When did you start uh, taking ballet classes? When I was four, and then I was that something you remember going like, I want that, or did someone no. say, Well, we'll enroll you in ballet, and then you kind of stuck with it? I have a fucked up back. Oh. Beg your pardon. Very fine. Very fine. And the doctor, I think, told my mom and dad to take me to ballet. Oh, interesting. And then I fell in 19, not fell, I fell in love with it, like totally in love in the 60s, 68. I think I saw Romeo and Juliet with Rudolf Nureyev and Marco Fontaine. They were screening at at it at a bunch of different places around Hollywood. My sister took me. She's older, and I that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted that feeling that I saw in that movie. So I became a dancer, and then when I was forced to be an actor, I realized that's the, that was the feeling I was looking for. Mm, because mm-hmm. in ballet, it wasn't quite there. I, it wasn't enough improv. You know, you have to, even your eyelashes have to be... They tell you how to do everything, your eyebrows, where you're looking, your hands. There's no... I would be not good. Creative freedom. Yeah. Unless you're choreographing. And if you're going to be a choreographer, you have to be a major bitch. (laughs) Yeah. To get people to do what you want them to do. Well, but I guess because it's so specific, too, then you really have to be like slapping people with a yardstick emotionally, if not literally. me doing that just didn't work. It would be adorable. <laughs> That's what I would be like. She is the meanest. I just want to tousle her hair. What a jerk. Uh, um, exactly. And when, now, when you say you were forced to be an actor, 
Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I was dancing with a company and they went to Israel and I didn't want to go. Um, I was a girlfriend of a guy from in Devo and we had toured all over Europe and I just didn't want to go and all over the United States. And um, so they said, okay, fine, you have to work in the office answering phones. Well, so I was busy in the front office of a big building where everyone was entertainment agents or something, and I kept hanging up on people because, you know, those, those big the panel of all yeah. the buttons yeah. and stuff. And this lady kept laughing at me, and she finally she made me make up a resume and take some pictures. And I, I don't remember how long this took, but it had to have taken at least a month because they were gone for that long. And I um, was sitting with her one evening. She had a stack of manila envelopes sitting in front of her. And she said, is there anybody in this town that you know at all? And I said, I am not related to, nor do I know anybody in this business except Fred Flintstone. <laughs> and I don't think he's working anymore. <laughs> and so she said, now think, think. Are you sure there's nobody that you know? Anyone that owes you a favor, maybe? And I, Which I thought was such an odd question because I didn't know how Hollywood worked. Yeah. And so I said, oh, there's this one guy, John Thompson, who I think is at Canon Films, and I helped him cast a Devo video. In fact, I used a bunch of the dancers, and I also used a bunch of the company's uh, props for Whip It, um, the video. And he told me that uh, I officially owe you a favor um, for doing this. And she said, really? I said, yeah. She picked up the top manila envelope, which was facing down, and held it up to me, and it said, John Thompson, CO, Canon Films. 64, 64, Sunset Boulevard. What? Yep. Wow. So God that did That feels, it. yeah, that feels oh, beyond serendipitous. I was just that is walking along. Bananas, yeah. Didn't want to go to Israel because it was too much work. And so God said, you're going to be an actor because it's not as hard. Uh-huh. Which... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe different hard. Maybe different hard. Uh, that's and well, that, and that's sort of the the story that is both like I mean, listen again, envy inducing podcast, envy inducing podcast. We're right on track right, right, right. in terms of people who feel like you know. Well, wait a minute. I wanted it, and I came out, and I bust tables, and I did this and that, and I had never had anybody say you. Yeah, you kid, you've got it. Uh, but I, you know, certainly there are times when many of us would say, like, "Don't worry, you've probably dodged a bullet, not getting, not getting, you know, su- kind of sucked into this thing that is can sort of break your heart in such a yeah. peculiar way." I've never done a thing. I, I don't even think I've ever gotten a job by auditioning. Really? So <laughs> we talked a little bit about that <laughs> too. About yeah, and <laughs> it's all been given to me. <laughs> Well, there must be a, I mean, would you, you don't categorize yourself as like a terrible human being, I'm guessing. So it's not like you. I categorize myself as a grateful, very grateful human being. So there's something, I mean, I don't know. When I, I have a sort of similar, it's not, I definitely have now had to work and 
people would argue like, well, you were putting yourself in a position to have this happen to you, whether or not you knew you were doing it or whether that was your intention going in. People would say to me, um, uh, to where I sort of felt a little bit like, God, this just kind of happened. But then I talked to people from my past who were like, oh no, like there couldn't be anything less surprising about this. We all knew you were going to get into show business and you know, this was going to happen. I was like, I don't feel like, I don't know that I, you know? And so I guess that's sort of what I, my takeaway ended up being like, well, maybe there's, yeah, there's stuff at play, whether or not it's my stuff or something from something that's external that there is this sort of like you were on the road energy ha- moving and- yeah moving in, in a way that it doesn't necessarily feel like yeah. it would but when you and I met um over the phone and had like a great sort of first call like hey you you're you seem great <laughs> uh you had said I think you said like you know what I've just kind of decided to like open myself up more or sort of you know because of the yeah. of the Twin Peaks revival the sort of sense of like maybe there's stuff going on that I would think was fun that I wouldn't necessarily know if I'm a person who's not looking all the time the yes. way some people are. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I, hmm. For me, I, n- I never said yes or I didn't answer people's emails or I didn't, I just didn't respond, but it was because I was afraid to mm. go you know, out of the house. And I think that has to do with being lucky and... I don't want anything to happen to my version of my love for acting and being a ham hawk. Boy, um, I really get that. Yeah. I really get that. The, the, yeah. The, the what magic. if this breaks bad and what if the magic goes away yeah. and what if, yeah, what if something, I, that's, I think that's very, that's totally relatable. And it's almost like the work is, work is the wrong thing to do. I feel like, if I sit down and just receive and just say, okay, send me whatever I'm supposed to have, then I'm not going to be going all over the place and going in the wrong direction right? and doing stuff myself. Because if you, if you, and again, I have to say God, if, if it's between God arranging something and dumbbell me. <laughs> uh, Who's going to do a better job? Right. Yeah. And well, I'm aware of that. Were your, do you feel like you were influenced in terms of like your, the way you kind of receive things and the way you perceive life? Do you feel that your upbringing influenced that in a way that kind of helped uh, dictate what you chose? Either, this is a very muddled question, but do, are your parents like you in that way? Or do you feel like you got that from the rest of your environment coming into Hollywood or meeting you know, different kind of artistic people or. I got that because I listened because I was, I was in a, I was alone a lot as a kid and I wasn't allowed to play except to go in the den and listen to records. Mm -hmm. And I was in a cast a lot of my childhood. So I was laying on the floor. Because of your back? Yeah. Looking at the ceiling. And so I listened. Um, And ever since I was little, I listened. I don't know, there's probably part of my brain that doesn't work right. So I use this other part a lot where, like, I see things that most people have to take acid to see. Um, I love that that bumper sticker that says I break for hallucinations Uh because (laughs) that's me. Um, No, and so 
But is that was that something that ha- was happening to you at such a young age that you didn't that you weren't afraid of it the yes. way somebody because yeah. that's the scary part right is if the, you're when you're young or your work, reality yeah. is your reality yeah. and if you're if it suddenly happens when you're 18 that's yeah, terrifying that be, I don't know how I would deal with that yeah yeah well stuff like when you're on that spiritual road or that other road as your life road stuff's always going to be happening that's scary but at least you know you know that and it's a lot less scary than dealing with live humans no that makes sense in their bodies (laughs) do you mind if i ask what you were seeing especially when you were younger and did you try to explain to adults that you were experiencing (laughs) that or did you know from a young age like i'm not even gonna try to say oh i always always tried to explain it and so my parents learned very early on just to close off their ears because I was constantly talking about the people who came and visited me in the night and but my earliest memory uh, to answer your question was in the crib I remember for my nap when I'd be put in for my nap my mama closed the door and I would go okay is it going to be one of these days you know, and not in words, because I can't, I didn't have any words, but wondering what was, if it was going to happen or not. And on the days that it did happen, the room would get cold and the, like, clouds would come in under the door and in the cracks of the door and through the keyhole. Pastel-colored clouds move across the room in, like, a semicircle. And by then I'd be standing up in the crib Chewing on the Bakelite at the top of the yeah, the crib. little yeah, yeah, the little rings like the little yeah. Well, no, it was just the. This is like a crib from the forties because it was secondhand, uh-huh. and they didn't have plastic back then, so they covered it with Bakelite. Okay, got it. And yeah, it had a little lip on it you could chew. Got it. So I'd be chewing on that. So that's how tall I was. That's why I'm telling you that because my lip standing up, yeah, right to the top of the crib, and I would watch them come, and in my head I. I realized in my head I made them into, I gave them bodies like if you cut out paper dolls and they're holding hands. Mm -hmm. It was like that. But really in my brain now, I know that they don't have bodies. They're just circles or orbs. But my, they would just stare at me and, and give love and information. And... That's that. That's how it started. That's my earliest memory of that stuff. And then from then on, I mean, in college, my roommate, who was a lapsed Catholic, so therefore believed in nothing. It, te- it can <laughs> definitely go that way quickly if you yeah. come from something very stringent to yeah. Yeah, kind of reject that, everything. Yeah, that's sad. But anyway, so she was lying, and we were lying in bed asleep. It was the middle of the night, and then I saw something come into the room from the next apartment and i was lying there watching it and just going oh boy there there's that thing and then she woke up and said kimmy there's somebody in here with us and i went yep and she goes do you see that and i went yep and she goes is that a ghost and i went yep was it the first time that you had ever had shared that moment with yes. someone? And was there just a feeling of like, oh, oh my gosh, she like said, I'm getting to experience this with do? someone? Yeah. And I said, nothing. Just, just let it be. Here. 
What, um, so you did, so you, was there a time when you kind of realized, like, were you always aware that they had, that they, there was something, I don't want to say human necessarily, but if you think it was like, do you think that it was people who are existing in the world who aren't embodying this particular physical expression or? I think it's, it's individual. That particular person, uh, a few months later, we went next door. We met the neighbor, and she said, "Want to see my apartment?" Because it's a place called Canyon Apartments in San Diego, and it's ancient, all really interesting architecture, which I love architecture. And it had like secret tunnels. And oh, stuff. that's just a dream. And she said, "Just uh, come for the tour, and um, and then I'll see your apartment." And so we were walking, and my roommate and she started talking about normal girl stuff which didn't interest me so i just wandered on <laughs> and i went as i went back to the back i i got closer to this door and as i got closer to the door i got this feeling of dread <laughs> this awful dread so i kept, i had to go to, towards it of course so i the closer i got the scarier it felt the scarier it felt it started to feel cold i peeked my head in the bath. It was a bathroom door. I stepped all the way in. It was so hard to step all the way in. I turned and looked at the bathtub, which was a spectacular old giant clawfoot tub. And I looked at that and I screamed at the top of my lungs and ran out and ran back to my apartment. Anyway, cut to a year later, I'm back in L.A., and my roommate is living in a little studio upstairs, and we're having uh, a cocktail with this old woman, 90-year-old woman, who lived in the next studio apartment, and Mo was her name, and she's British, and we were talking, and I said, well, somehow I mentioned that apartment is haunted, and she goes, well, those used to be together, and oh, that's... uh, Ray, or whatever the woman's name was, something like that. Yes, she's still down there doing her laundry in that bathroom. And I know my eyes got like saucers, and she said, you saw her, didn't you? I said, yes, she is in there doing the laundry. She goes, yeah, she always did the laundry in the bathroom. She lived there from the time she and her husband met and married. They raised three children in those two apartments that were connected at the time. Her husband passed away, and she lived there till the day she died of a heart attack doing laundry. And she's still down there doing the laundry. I said, shouldn't someone tell her to go to heaven or somewhere? And she said, well, I don't know. I'll tell her when I go. I'll take her with me. Oh. I thought that was really sweet. That's wonderful. That was a, I didn't mean to talk that long about that, but... No, no. I mean, I'm just... So it was... <clears throat> Was the feeling of dread, I mean, what what was it, what, so would you say that her energy, there was something dark about that versus like she was just, there was a... No, it's personal. Okay. I get a feeling of dread around ghosts. Okay. I just, they've always scared me because they're ignorant of what, of where they are. It's an unconscious, it's a kind of unconsciousness, which... A lot of people live that way in their bodies. A lot of ghosts live that way out of their bodies. And I know there's people who do that for a living, you know, help them to go. And right. Stuff. 
but I can't do that because they attach themselves to me, come home with me, mm. stick around and, you know, like talk to me. And I don't want to talk to dead people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the people that, that were giving you love. But regular the, people. Yeah, well, well, yeah, that's a little, people. that's an extra added, like, for someone like me who likes to, who has to let go of being in control of things, the idea of not being able to filter that kind of thing is just agonizing it feels like it would be so stressful and all the time you and you never you know when today? to expect yeah a new sheet you're wearing I mean. <laughs> but what it, but in but when you were little you said you felt that you were receiving love and and, and was that a, so was that a different yes that's a different sort of uh, manifestation Those, of something i believe our ancestors okay and um my mom was living with me the last part of her life and this is now it's this has only been three years that I have this uh information um I was obsessed with orbs marbles I have them all over the house um crystal balls anything that's round and made of glass and I never knew why until my mom was getting ready to pass away I would lie in bed and I'd see like balloons round things coming into my room and multicolored big ones little ones all floating on the ceiling and coming down and and the feeling of love and that peace that passeth all understanding you get covered in this feeling of warmth and peace and love and i was like these are souls you're my uncle nick I know the biggest one was my Uncle Nick, and it was like I felt yes. And I would uh, come downstairs and see my mom in her chair with the TV on going like this, reaching as though she's trying to move a bunch of balloons. Wow. Like she didn't know what it was, She was, but she was seeing them. Yeah. And, tr- and like I think when you're half here and half out of your body – you do stuff that you're not you're not watching yourself you're you're just doing stuff mm-hmm. and i explained that to somebody else recently and they said their father did the same thing before he passed away wow. reaching up moving the balloons oh my gosh how wonderful yeah how wonderful yes that's the kind of experience i've i mean i've said this before but i've I've sort of been so I've just been very envious I can't believe this is seriously like turning into a trend but I have had that sense of like as especially as a child like I just want I was so fake and I think many kids are because they they recognize that there's like wonder to be felt and they can um, see didn't and you yeah see and I and just I that was something that like I sort of feel like I've all I'm all, many of us, I think, feel like we're always trying to hold on to that or reconnect with it or, mm-hmm. you know, feel fed in a way that we don't necessarily get fed as adults and in, in a sort of concrete, you know, consumer, like yeah. Western right. way. And so everyone's sort of looking for what that thing is, um, yeah, and then- but don't necessarily know how to articulate what they need or, you know, what they're hoping for. That's what I think meditation is good for. And because um, that helps open that part of your brain, I think it has to do with chakras being open, mm. uh, energy centers. Um, I think I lived with mine open. I only recently learned how to close them um, be- 
because there was too many souls coming to talk to me. Yeah. Um, uh, and probably if I was a good, a better person, I would go take a class and learn how to help these people who are passed mm. on and need help because they see people like me and they go to us and they need, like I, I have helped some people with, like I helped a friend of mine find her dad's will um, and I helped another friend of mine find a last letter from her husband who passed away because they they came and told me where it was and then I told her, them. These yeah. So you can do that, but man, it's really running the risk of like having somebody come and st- I have issues with boundaries with humans. So yeah. humans who are who can come inside of me I just yeah. I can't. I had to like not. I think that's good. I mean, that's back, back th- to you. I I meant oh. to this was about you and I I got sidetracked. It was? Yes. Oh. I, I um as a kid, I mean, I can tell by looking at you that you have you receive information. You live in a world where you can actually sense the spirit world, the energy of plants, like the energy of your animals. I can see that in you, but I can also see that that isn't going to come into play until maybe 10, maybe 15 years from now because you are living in this world. You have to do your work, and it's hard you, it's hard to mix those, especially in what we do. You know, maybe you could do it if you went to the same office every day, the same place, and you had your sage and your this and that. But it's it's, a, it's um, there's a time for that. You had it when you were a little kid, and you will have it again. Oh, I love that, Kimmy. Thank you for saying that. No, it's 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 just like science. Yeah. I love that. I uh, that made me want to come back to something that you were saying. What was it? But that was just I just got such a wonderful wash of excitement when you said that. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I guess it doesn't matter that much. It'll come back It'll if come it needs back. to come back. Um, did you uh, when you were uh, an adolescent, for example? Because I do like to to hone in on that a little bit. Um, was that a time when you felt pulled in? the kind of the directions that we're talking about here, like pulled into, you know, this is what high school, this is what's supposed to matter right now versus, (laughs) or you know what I mean? Or like this is, and this is really where my head is. And this is what my body's doing, which is also totally weird. And, you know, it's just such a, it's just such a a strange time in the way we evolve as individuals. I'm wondering kind of what was going on for you at, you know, 15, 16 years old. Like what was your relationship to your spirituality versus your textbooks versus music versus you know what I mean right well versus dancing obviously I uh I was a dancer and so that's all I thought about and that's everything I did was to help myself get better I I um my dad had varicose veins and so I and because I have his same legs I didn't want to get them so every night I would put my legs up on the wall and you know, massage them a little so the blood would. I did that religiously. I did. I had bad eczema, so I had stuff on my hands, gloves, braces, uh, retainers. I had a brace, a 
body brace I had to wear. So I had a lot of stuff to do. And I always washed my face and put cream on and stuff. Um, I brushed my teeth. I was very regimented. Mm, which and, kind of matches with the yeah, LA thing. Yes. But God, talk about a place where, like, that to me embodies so much of... Um, God, just the whole creative process. You just really hit on something for me, which is, you know, ballet is one of those classic examples of a thing that is so hard and is so regimented in terms of how it's approached and what your body has to do at any given moment. And the whole end result is for the person watching to think it looks effortless. It just looks ethereal. This is a spirit. She's not even, her feet don't hurt. She barely has feet. She doesn't even have feet the way I conceive of my feet. And that's so like when you read a great piece of writing, it's like, it feels like it just must have tumbled out of the yeah, person. And sometimes that's true. No editing. Yeah. And sometimes, and music, yeah. you know, sometimes it's true. And sometimes we do feel like things are moving through us and it does feel more effortless. But a lot of the time you are working on something tirelessly. And, and so that just the idea of that and the fact that you were, you know, regimenting and so aware of your dad's legs and your legs and your body and thinking about the future of your body, like to be so tied to your body when your mind and the sort of, yes. you know, all yes. the things that are happening around. I just think that's fascinating. It's not a question. It's just a, yeah. it's just a wow. It, and so I was, yeah, I do that wow to, uh, to who I was too. I'm, I'm amazed by who I was. I, um, so when I'm, I had my feet up on the wall one night, I was looking at my toes and part of the DNA that that's wrong with me, the, the, uh, not different. DNA. Let's say different. No, Listen to me. I'm so protective <laughs> of. So you can say whatever you want about how you feel about it, but, but in my head, I'm like, but it's just different. It, uh, it doesn't mean your I'll brain doesn't it, work. I'll make it better, more scientific. Part of what's genetically wrong. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Means I have funny toes. They're kind of curled. The last, the little one, and the next one. And um, this, by the way, may I just say, can all be avoided. If the parents, before they conceive, take cod liver oil every day, it, and I'm going to use this lame term, it coats your genes, it coats your genes somehow. It's, it's amazing. Okay, back to me. Um, your so curling toes, which curling by the way, toes, to me, seems like would be great for a point. Because I can't point. You can get them out of the way, yes. Yeah, curl them right up. Yeah, but then if you want to go down through your feet, anyway. So I wanted more control over my toes. So I thought I'm going to try and wiggle them individually um, and like that. And I couldn't. So for it took me literally a year. I started on Christmas. The following Christmas, my right baby toe went, dink, went straight out. And then the left one. And then the the rest of them. It took a year. What I didn't know I was doing was retraining, making a new nerve path. Sure, sure. It took a whole year. I could feel me sending the message down, down to my feet. And it was just like digging a tunnel. Yeah. And it took a year. I'm sure it would take me a year. I can't move each toe at all. In well, fact, I feel like some of them are just down there. I don't know what they're doing. They're just flopping around. <laughs> Well, so that's the kind of stuff I did as a kid. And um, 
Also, I've noticed a year with a body, with a human body, seems to be like a cutoff mark. Like you, if you have a surgery or something, it takes a year to get all the way better. Mm-hmm. If something bad mm-hmm. happens that's sad, it takes a year. I don't know why that is, but uh, maybe it's because we're tied to the planet so much. Oh! <gasps> I just figured that out. Maybe that's what I was going to go with. When you were saying that, I was like, well, why do we have 365 days? There's a reason for that. And it has to do with the planet's relationship with the sun. So Yes, I also have a new theory I'm working on, and that is the black hole that's ours. You know, every galaxy has a black hole. Ours is gigantic. And I think that, and I'll just cut to the end of my my baby theory, that if we want to find life on other planets, we need to look for galaxies with the biggest black holes. Because I believe it has something to do with why we're here. That's it. Back to me. So, um, I'm so I, I'm not, I'm not responding because I'm I'm thinking. I'm actually thinking about what that means and like what if I, how much I understand of what you just said and it, I don't know if it's very much because I don't know that much about. I really like the idea of Quantum. astronomy and I and then I think I my mom wanted to be an astronomer until she started taking the important like base courses and she hated math and she was like I'm done. And she oh, went into language. This is what we were ta- school you asked me the question so the Oh yeah, yeah, like how school, present how were you to that kind of I was present enough to do my stuff. I had to get Bs or As um when I first did algebra, I think that was ninth grade, I, I was so obsessed with Rudolf Nureyev. I was in love. I, that's all I did was I had his book in front of my math book. I got, I got a D. I actually got a D. And I was so mortified that in 10th grade I took algebra again, and I got A+. Plus. I got 100 on it. I never said, did, and not said, I never made any mistakes in algebra. And um, the teacher would hold me up in front of the class and say, this is the most brilliant blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, algebra is pretty fucking easy. (laughs) I mean, it's like. And so, and then when I took geometry, I didn't understand it at all. So I made up, I deduced the answers. I, I made my own geometry. I would get the answers right, but I didn't do those formulas. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. They were illogical that process, to me. Yeah. That and that part of my brain still doesn't get it. But I, I this all leads back to to answer your question. When I was in fourth grade, I had to take an IQ test. My sister's two years older than me and she's brilliant. She was a pipe organist and a choir director at our Episcopal church at twelve. Wow. Twelve. Oh wow. Okay, so um I observed and this is actually answering your question how the world worked what was expected of people who were this way this way or this way and i decided i didn't want to i didn't want that much responsibility i didn't i just wanted to be i wanted to listen i wanted to be left alone i wanted to hear the sky i wanted to listen to the birds and the leaves and i cheated on my IQ test. I mean, I did it. I know I got a hundred. I know I, I don't remember any of it being hard. And I went back and I erased a bunch of boxes and on purpose put the wrong answers in so that I would be, my mom said, you're just above average. Nothing special about you. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, what kind of people alone. were you drawn to? Were you do- and or, or or were people sort of incidental? Gay boys. <laughs> yeah. Gay boys. How out was Asexual anyone, girls. if at all? Yeah. N- that was the fifties, so yeah. not at all. I can't. I just there. Nothing about you looks like we could be talking about uh, uh, that far long ago. So because you just seem like you're like thirty. Well, I'm not but, married. Yeah. Well, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have That's children. The age starts to show. <laughs> ah. No, it's true. Men expect you to get up early and not sleep in, go to bed late, do all this stuff that you don't want to do, and that ages you. At least. That's been my experience, yeah. and I think that has to do with boundaries because just because someone asked me to do something, I don't have to do it. I yeah. just learned that last year. Yeah. Do you feel like now if you learned it last year and it takes a year, do you feel like it's, it's next, activated now in a different next, way? I'll have a boyfriend soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were attracted to gay boys and asexual girls. I picked yeah. up. That's interesting mm-hmm. to me, too. I love because I I well, I feel the same. Uh, I certainly felt that way uh, when I was younger. And um, when you played, didn't you just want to play? Yeah, not make fun of people, titter, be mean. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And there's just something so I like this. Still, the that I I feel like this is such an exciting time. The way gender is kind of becoming this fluid thing that you know is. Um, I'm excited to see like 20 years from now yes. how we look at this time, how mm-hmm. people, you know, yeah. how how the adorable young people like I was when I was 20 are like, I just can't believe you guys made a big deal about X, Y, and Z. You know, I think that's, I think that will happen and I'm excited to see what that looks like. Just like everything else that, you know, I've lived now long enough to go, well, I didn't have this when I was 10 and I didn't have this when I was 20 and now I have this and that's normal to me, but I, it wouldn't have been normal to me, you know, even 10, five years ago, some of the stuff. And just to see, like, particularly with that, how it affects, how the, how that maybe feeling like a lot of people say like, oh, the gender and and the sort of transgender, those kinds of issues are so small in comparison with all of these other things that are going on. It's a smaller percentage. Gosh, you'd think that there were so many of them for how loud their voices are right now. Like I hear a lot of that sort of um, conservative rhetoric about it, but I feel like it is there's it's tied to some, to so many other, it's tied to Harvey Weinstein. It's tied to Don, like it's tied to, our entire relationship as humans as humans and certainly in our culture and the way we sort of see men and women and how could those not things not be related and how could those things all shifting together not sort of inform this new version of what we are and how we relate to each other and how we have sex with each other if we have sex with each other at all you know i don't know i think what just came into my mind was noah's ark i heard noah's ark it's like a new flood. It's only, um, it, it's like the new flood. And I don't know what to call it, but yeah. it's a flood of like freedom. Yeah. To be who you want to be. Yeah. Who you are, who you want to be, do whatever you want to do. Don't hurt people, but it just feels that way to me when I go by schools and I see all the kids being who they are it's, it's just amazing yeah we had to we had to wear dresses I, I think in 1972 we got to wear pants on fridays 
Yeah. Yeah, and like it's a like you so know crazy thirteen year old now. I think. I mean, I don't know. I guess there might be some private schools where girls still have to wear skirts. That seems crazy to me, but it's certainly possible. I'm sure. I'm sure that still exists. There's one by me, and it's a Mayfield Girls School, and they don't seem cranky about it at all. But they do wear. Mm-hmm. Here's a f- weird tidbit. My grandmother uh, grew up at Mayfield when it was a private home, um, because my uncle. Oh, that was his house, and my my grandmother had to go live with, with like her when she had lost to. her parents and stuff. She, yeah, Poor she thing. went there. Oh, she sorry, went she there. Yeah, no, I mean I'm my sorry. family has zero money at all, so it's not like it's like oh, this is a long. Li- I'm just part of a long line of. Um, but yeah, my my Grammy uh, wow. lived in Mayfield before it was a private school. So Isn't that, that crazy? Picture I showed you was all those pictures I gave you. The yeah. one with the hat. The one yeah. where I'm standing in the doorway. Yeah, that's the. First cottage I moved to, I moved out of my parents' guest house when I was 35 and did Twin Peaks. Finally had enough money to be able to move out. That's uh, the servants' quarters to the Mayfield Mansion. Uh, Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. You also kind of remind me of my Grammy, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, it all feels like it makes sense. Wonder, That's so funny. Isn't when that did crazy? your grandmother pass away? She, oh, she's definitely, I mean, she's... Is she alive? No, no, no. Oh. She was, she died when I lived in San Francisco. I'm really bad with years because that kind of stuff oh, like stops her. making sense to me. I'm but you're definitely her. not her. You're definitely not her. Um, but that is really amazing about Mayfield. I haven't thought about Mayfield in a while. Um but yeah yeah i went there and i i said like i this this is weird but i would love to see i would love to walk around just to see what it was you know what that's my neighborhood and yeah it's a great neighborhood over there um like i said i would probably be further east if it didn't mean that it was just a little warmer each it seems like the further you go it gets a little warmer well where i live and where mayfield is is it's down in that's very shady it's 10 degrees cooler than anywhere else in pasadena that's true it really is down in that little every day yeah breeze good for you there's no it blows away the smog or anything that's collected pollen yeah so it's perfect um so you can go ahead and move i can go i can go ahead i'm just gonna move you know what maybe i should just take over mayfield that's the perfect time because prices over there are just are they are they low Oh my God! They're insanely I guess high. Is, oh, oh, it's yeah. Crazy. I couldn't. For, crazy. I think I heard. I thought that the real estate market had sort of like there was a. It's like it's a buyer's market, quote unquote. I thought, but I don't know what that even means in this in not, this in not, this city and area. Like I don't even know what that how the real world is if it's yeah, even. Yeah, I don't similar. know about this area. I do know in our area you don't even see a for sale sign. Yeah, they have private. They send like out little, little postcards, yeah, we'll, we'll people be come, the place. and then someone offers, and they take it and yeah. move in the next day. Do you have, and then I actually, I forgot to warn you that I, I play this, it's not a it's not a scary thing, but I did not tell you what I do at the end of the podcast, which is okay. play this mash game, which is essentially just living in your imagination for the last 10 minutes, but... Um, Ooh, I don't know if I can do that. I think you'll be just <laughs> fine. Uh what I was going to say is I'm I, I'm interested in somebody who has grown up here and lives here and has lived in different pockets. Do you have uh, a relationship to like, the, do your memories sort of hit you at different times where you can pass the same place over and over, but for whatever reason on a certain day, you kind of are 
jettisoned back to like, oh, actually, this area that I'm just randomly passing that's kind of meaningless in my life now was like the spot because that was near where someone I loved lived or near where, do you know what I mean? I don't even, again, I don't know do. what I'm asking. And but. I, I have to say, I, I had my first doggy was, we would walk in the Arroyo every day. He'd swim, get on my lap and hang out the window and he would tell me where to go. And I had a lot of those happenings because he was like my guru. And he would, I would get this impression when to turn. And so two weeks before he passed away, he had a tumor on his heart that he should have only lived not even a year. No one knew he had it, but he, I had him 12 years. So, and he knew he was going to. So I was like, okay, where do you want to go? Anyway, he took me way up into North Pasadena into Altadena and I was on this corner and he said turn left I said really Oz turn left okay I don't know what we're doing up here but okay turn left and the street curved and as soon as we curved around this curve what came into view was the hospital where I had the back surgery when I was six now no one in my family has ever been able to remember where that was what city it was what the name of it. it was all so traumatic for everybody, no one could remember. And there he showed me that hospital. I pulled over, and it's it's closed because they use it for uh, TV and stuff. Sure. And he got out of the car and went and was rolling on his back on the lawn in front of it. St. Luke's, I think. It has a big church next to it that's also closed. That is what he gave, he gave me, and that's the answer to my your question about... That's a great answer. It wasn't even a quite. I was like a, one of my classic rambling thoughts, and then you had like a very significant, very significant specific anecdote. And then yeah. We also used that as a base camp during Twin Peaks. Oh wow! Two years ago. That's crazy. So I, I mean, uh, to answer your question, yes, I can live because that's an intense. A, a that can be an intense thing. Yeah, from something that I have no idea it's there and. I mean, other stuff, it's the same thing. Like, there's a curtain drawn, and yeah. then all of a sudden it goes away. Yeah. Go, I remember. Yeah. So that's my answer. That's because I, yeah, I've just, I, I have, I'll, I'll talk to you about it offline because I've already talked about it on the podcast in the past. But my, my sense of like the, when you stay in one place, the sort of layering that yes. happens of your experiences. And my theory is that they're all still happening at the same time. Like, that's how time works, is just, it's always happening. So yes. there's like wow. moments where you're like not not only like when you're both in places. some absurd way it's like your dog was t- taking you to see yourself getting that surgery and like there's something saying it's okay. healing about that yeah. yes like oh that little girl needs to see this woman standing outside you know what I mean and vice yes. versa anyway yes that's uh, brilliant I'm ex- I'm so excited for science to just blow the concept of time wide open someday well, and we'll all what? be like that's why I love the arrival and I think that's they, why people did is like oh this idea that we have no true understanding of time yes is, you know on a scientific level this is why i'm like well the black holes come up a lot when we talk about time um okay so do and you know what one ma- more thing to add oh, yeah, to that yeah. animals especially dogs already have all these answers if we would just be teamwork teams team members with them they are willing to tell us everything we need to know well now i'm very excited for you to meet my dogs yeah they 
they're pretty great. They'll tell uh, me the truth. They're pretty great. Um, okay, so do you have you ever played MASH before? Do you know what this game is? I don't. I'm going to pause it just so I don't tire out uh, my wonderful listeners with um, the explanation, but it okay. won't take very long, so pause. I almost could have left it running for that. That was how terse and tight my explanation was for what MASH is. But, um, okay, so my first category for you would be um, three, give me three moments that have quote unquote past we'll start with this kind of like we'll move backwards from the end of this conversation we just had um that you if you could choose for yourself that you would like to see bear witness to visit in some way and they could be personal to you or they could be moments in time and history uh all the way back to you know when the big bang happened if you believe in the big bang or what have you three moments in time where i'd like to be there Mm -hmm. you can sort of pop over there and just like okay i've seen it firsthand now I would like to be at Victoria and Albert's wedding. Wonderful. And I would like to be in New York in 1921. Great. And, um, wait, this one's coming. What is it? Oh, I know it. I know it. It's coming. Uh, I would like to be watching from a safe place when a meteor that made Crater Lake hit. Oh, great. God, that's great. Me too. Crater Lake, great. Okay. Okay, three places in the world uh, where it would be fun to have a vacation home uh, if getting there was not, it was just easy peasy, no worries. Bora Bora. Great. Um, The mountains above Zurich. And that Lake Cuomo. Is that that lake in Italy? Yes. Okay, there. God, that's spectacular. Um, great, great, great. Also, who cares what I think, but... Um, <laughs> well, Machu Picchu, I <laughs> could go on and on. Uh, okay, uh, so next category is three... Um, let's do, let's do three powers that, like, sort of magical powers that you would want to wake up with tomorrow. I would like a magic wand of really bitchin', sparkly, gorgeous glass and something magic. Magic wand. Great. Um, I would definitely love, I would love to be able to fly. Come on. Great, sure. And use my arms as wings or grow some wings. Mm -hmm, That would be mm -hmm. really. I like the grow some wings aspect. Yeah, really pretty feathery wings with glitter. And then. Um, I would like, I would like to have, uh, elephants come to tea every day. Wonderful. That actually leads me into the next category that I was thinking of, which was three types of, I don't want to say pet, um, based on kind of what we've talked about our relationship with animals, but three animal types that, uh, for whatever reason in this reality, it's not practical for you to have around you, but that, you know, in this reality, you, there's a tiger nearby that hangs out with you or, you know, you have ostriches living in your backyard, whatever. Three animals only? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's going to be hard I to pick. Know. But for sure, a giant horse. Great. How big are we talking? Clydesdale. And maybe not a Clydesdale, but something like that, a Shire or something. Mm -hmm. I'd like to have a couple of those, and I'd like to have an elephant and his family. And um, gosh, how do you narrow it down? A bald eagle. Great. 
Okay. Next category is you. I'm trying to intuit what I, what the next category should be. Um, it's so cool. <laughs> it's kind of a fun process, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, I have to do mine because this is this uh, is my personal alternate universe fantasy. Because I, it, well, by the way, I'm not a foodie in any stretch of the imagination by any stretch, but I do love food. So this is the uh, in alternate universe three foods. It can be as specific as like this particular cupcake your grandma used to make, or it can be just you know pizza. But in this reality, uh, it's not bad for you. You're not allergic to it. Nothing like that. I don't even. Have it in give perpetuity. If it's bad yeah. for you, I don't even know the answer. Yeah. In this one, it's like, oh, by the way, that's nutritious and ice cream has vitamins and blah, blah, blah. So okay. three things that you can kind of eat with, with no ramifications. Pierogi, pierogi, and pierogi. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you all three. It's going to yeah. ruin what you end up getting in terms of the surprise. Sorry. Well, it's I like the potatoes and cheese. Yeah. Oh, Fried in butter and onions. Wonderful. Wonderful. Understood. Let's do three uh, people. They could be um, characters from a book, movie, uh, cartoon, uh, whatever. It doesn't have to be a real person. But three individuals that in this alternate universe you have this kind of great sexual and romantic partnership with. Okay. Three people like that? Mm Mm-hmm. That question was really long. I started to daydream. I couldn't blame you less. I I couldn't blame you less. It wasn't because of your fabulous delivery. I was just looking at your eyebrows and how pretty they are. Oh, boy. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So three people I would like to have sex with? Yeah, but it can be, you know, like I said, like it can be, you know, people who don't exist. Oh. Characters. uh, You know what I mean? Oh, boy. Yes. I'd like a man... With wings, that's what's his, who would his name be? A, a type of Albert, like Victoria and Albert. This is a hard one. This is like the hardest question you could ever ask me. Uh, uh, Wait, is the man with wings the same as the Victorian Albert? It would be, yes, it would be Albert of Victoria and Albert, but he would have wings. Love it. That's a theme. Um, Eric Clapton and maybe Chris Robinson. Got it. Um, great. Okay. Three, three things that you, in a, when I say things, I mean living things, but three living things that for, you know, even a, just like a day, you can go inside their consciousness and see and experience the world the way they do. And it could be a plant, it could be, you know, an animal, whatever you want. I'd like to be in a whale for a minute. Indeed. Um, yeah. Um, I have to get over my fear of the <laughs> ocean. Same. Uh, um, wow. I immediately thought lion, but I'm also scared but I have to say a, a lion. You thought it. There's got to be a reason. Let's do it. Lion. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, a, an Australian shepherd. Great. Okay. And then final category. I really put a lot of pressure myself on this. <laughs> um, final category. Let's do like ways of getting 
to and from anywhere um, that aren't, you know, driving a car, uh, riding a skateboard. It could be as magical as flying, um, could be like, you know, uh, pneumatic trains that just like zip us through, like, mm-hmm. you know, environmentally consciously, uh, teleportation, whatever you want. Three forms of transportation that would make getting somewhere easy or fun or magical. Okay. A beach uh, bike. What are those called? Cruisers. Cruiser, great. Um, a moped with big wheels, not the little tiny wheels. I mean, diameter wise. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and a Harley. You went, you went straight to all of the the two wheelers. Yeah, you love a two wheeler. Yeah, Me I too. do. I do. I love cycling. Uh, that's probably clear on a number <laughs> of levels. Um, okay, so now what I'm going to do is just uh, draw like a little shape that you don't need to know what it is, and okay. it just takes a couple seconds. But I just need you to tell me when to stop. Stop. She, did you see my smirk that I was running out of room? No, I didn't. Um, I had my okay, eyes good. closed. Okay, good, good. Uh, all right, I'm going to do uh, my little thing I do, and then I'm going I'm to pause this, and when I come back, I'm going to give you your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm very excited to report back to you on the results of your future, uh, which include... First of all, you get everywhere on a cruiser bike, which I think is <laughs> extremely fun. That makes every day feel like you're on vacation. Yes. Um, so you're bopping around on your cruiser bike. Um, you, well, I think it's clear to everyone that you can have as much pierogi. How did you say pierogi? Pierogi. 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 Uh, as you want. Mm-hmm. Unlimited supply at the mm-hmm. snap of your fingers. I keep Nothing those in bad the for basket you. basket of my bike. There you go. That's right. It's your pierogi basket. Uh, you also have, um, uh, and in your beautiful mansion in Bora Bora, uh, uh, at least one to two to three very large horses. Uh, you are very nearby the ocean into which you will at least spend one day in the body and mind of a whale. Oh boy. You're going to answer a lot of questions for us. So I'm excited about that. You can come back and tell us what it's like. Can't wait. Because everyone wants to know. Uh, you have the ability to travel back in time to witness Victoria and Albert's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you do that by waving your gorgeous glass magical wand. Yes. Sounds like the answer is yes. <laughs> and uh, and you're sharing as much of this reality as you would like with your uh, partner in crime, Eric Clapton. <laughs> well done. Well done. He'll get, he'll, he'll get on that cruiser bike with you. Yeah. Uh, it's a two-seater. And the rest, uh, I just tell him when I get home. Yeah, there he goes. Just fill <laughs> him in. Um, Luce, thank you so much for doing this. This sure. has been such a wonderful, just uh, envy beautiful. The, the Envy podcast. How awful if that was like the entire goal. No, we're so lucky. Oh, we're my so gosh. Lucky. Um, uh so I was going to say, like, loosely speaking, is there something that you want to tell people about as far as, like, something they should watch, look forward to, look for you in, or anything else that people, you want people to go online and find out about or follow you or anything like that? Yes, I would like, well, actually, I have a new website, which I haven't done anything with. That's KimmyRobertson.com. But one day, maybe look at that and see if I've done anything. <laughs> I keep checking in. Well, I want to like make hunt. little movies. I got an iPhone 10. To, anyway, but what I would like everybody's homework to be is to be kind. Try to be kind today. 
Agreed. Just be kind to each other as an exercise and see. I like the, I think that, the, and the, and the taking into the listen, uh, uh, theme of the podcast too, of like, just be, make sure you're listening. Cause I think I, the, when I'm at my most angry is usually when I'm not listening to what's actually happening or, right. you we, know, we all do that. Yeah. But being kind to other people as a hobby really pays off in the end. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. We're, and we're going to get we're going to get there through that, I think. Yeah. Wherever there ends up being. Uh, Kimmy, thank you so much for doing the podcast, you, guys. I will talk to you next time. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.